Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Shalom Bayes Shir number 254 We're in principle number 5 In the 7 principles of making a marriage work by John Gottman Principle number 5 is solve your solvable problems And we talked in the last two shiurim about this And we're going to continue And another aspect of it is to soothe each other And to calm each other as you're having this dialogue and when you're feeling hurt or angry, upset, it's hard to do so. But the results of trying to do that is definitely tremendous. So what you do is, is you need to calm, calm, calm yourselves down before, um, before you get into this uh, disagreement that you're having. And you calm yourself. And then when you're calm, you can have this dialogue. And then you calm each other to avoid the flooding of being overwhelmed. Um, so that's an important aspect. Another aspect of solving solvable problems is very much common sense, is compromise. Compromise is the only way to solve marital problems. And it doesn't work for either of you to get things completely your way. Even if you're convinced you're right, it is not die to have it 100% your way. The approach... If you approach that, it's all or nothing. It'll create a certain inequity, a certain unfairness, a certain imbalance that will cause the marriage to suffer. And um, when couples don't succeed at compromising, sometimes it's not because they're not trying, but because they just need to learn how to negotiate in a healthy way. And it only works after you do the steps we followed in the previous shiurim. For example, number one, you're softening startups. When you start the conversation about a disagreement, you start softly, not harshly. You repair your discussion. We talked about self-repair. You, you know, if you know you said something too harshly, you, you, you change it, you adjust, you correct your, your, the way you talk, and you accept the other person's um, you know, repair attempts as well. And keep calm, soothing each other and keeping calm. When you do those three things that we just mentioned, it'll create a positive atmosphere. And when you have that positive atmosphere, it's much easier to compromise. Now, compromise does not mean that only one person is changing. It's about negotiating and finding ways to accommodate one another. And you'll not be able to compromise successfully if you don't accept the fact, and full-heartedly, that your husband or that your wife has their own flaws, has their own, we'll say it in Yiddish, Mishigasen, in some cases, that's okay. And you will, you need to give up this concept of constantly wanting to change your spouse. One of the things that causes tremendous heartache in marriages and in life in general, is the if-only statement. If only your spouse was taller, if only your spouse was richer, if only your spouse was smarter, if only your spouse was neater, if only your spouse was sexier, all your problems would would vanish. And um, that is this if-only, really what happens is it just breeds resentment. It breeds resentment for what you don't have. And as long as you have this attitude, conflicts will be very difficult to resolve. So you need to remember 
that one of the cornerstones of any compromise is the fourth principle that we discussed already in the previous shiurim of letting your partner influence you. That's the key to compromise. For a compromise to work, you can't have a closed mind about your spouse's opinions. You can't have a closed mind or judgmental mind about your spouse's desires. You don't have to agree with everything your husband or wife is saying. You don't have to believe everything they're saying. You don't have to, um, you know, have a full agreement and buy into what they're saying. But you need to be open to consider his or her position, understand where they're coming from, from that mindset. And that's what accepting influence in principle number four is all about. You know, if you sit sit here and you're shaking your head, no, 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 as your husband or wife is trying to talk the problem to you, you'll never get anywhere. Now, generally speaking, based on studies, men have a more difficult time with this aspect than women do, generally speaking. It is harder for, for men to accept influence from their wives than the other way around. But the bottom line is, whichever way it goes in your particular marriage, the inability to be open-minded is a liability. Um, And therefore, the self-awareness to break out of this tendency, to be willing to compromise, to be willing to be influenced by your spouse, by your husband or by your wife, is very important. Part of this also is finding common ground. You decide together which solvable problem you want to tackle right now, You think about the problem and you basically a good idea of this is if let's say husband and wife has this exercise with with each other, um, there are certain problems, let's say you decide you can't give up on and then there's certain problems, aspects of the problem that you can compromise on and you think along the ways of what you really want could compromise on versus what you can't. And if you both then share those ideas, then you'll come to an agreement. So, um, and so on and so forth. If you do this, you could solve so many different aspects of all aspects of the marriage, whether it's finance, whether it's the intimate life, whether it's the and the approach to that, and so on and so forth where you basically come upon a problem that is solvable, that you could solve. You write things that are very important to you that you really would not want to, you know, compromise on. And your wife or husband does the same. Or then you have to write equally, okay, but these are things that I would want to compromise on. I'm willing to work with. And you compare your notes with one another, talk it through, and you come to a resolution. And, um... And that works a tremendous, uh, in a tremendous way. Another important thing is when compromising on a solvable problem is um, to make sure that arguments that you have in these discussions do not leave scars by saying harsh things or by triggering past events or past arguments that you had. You know, there's a saying... He brings from an author, a famous author, that said, the past is never dead. In fact, it's not even past, <laughs> which means that the past always haunts you. If you revisit the past painful experiences, you're living it in the present. So you have emotional hurts that you need to work with. 
and, and to try to let go with one another. That's also a solvable problem, by the way. Solvable problem is, is that when you're, you're, you have, it's really solved already, technically. You work through it, and when you went past it. But the memory of that past experience co- still causing you a lot of pain, and you tend to ruminate about it and to re- regurgitate it, and, and that creates a, something that's upsetting and creates an emotional distance. Very often, an emotional distance between a husband and a wife comes from stuff that happened in the past that's already taken care of, already resolved, but you just can't let it go. So it's very important in solving these solvable problems to let go of those past emotional hurts that you had that are under the bridge, that are over, that are not ongoing anymore, and to just simply let it go as best as you could. So... That is the idea, and um, the idea behind this particular um, principle is like this, is that although we talked about issues that you cannot solve, that there are, um, you know, that you'll never uh, see eye to eye with something, and it's something that really cannot be resolved, and in those situations, what we call perpetual problems is to work through it and around it and with a matter of acceptance and so on. And then comes the solvable problems. And the more you try to solve the solvable problems, the easier those perpetual problems will be. The more you solve the things that you can solve and that you do solve in a normal, healthy way, then the more you will be accepting of your husband and wife, even on things that cannot change. So with solvable problems, what are they? It could be work stresses, in-law issues, money issues, physical intimacy issues, housework, um, distracting with internet and, and deciding when to use it, when not to use it, a new, a new child, a new baby. Also, um, so those are generally the areas of marital conflict. And um, some of them will be what he calls hot buttons in the relationship. And even in the most stable and happy marriages, these issues take place. And therefore, the idea is, is that to recognize that a good marriage takes work. This is the misconception that people think there's good chemistry, our souls connect, we should be flying high, and if not, that means something's wrong, or we're not really, uh, it's not real, my real civic, because I don't feel it, and so on and so forth. Most of this is pretty much nonsense. A good marriage takes work. And every marriage, every marriage, is faced with certain emotional tasks that a husband and wife together need to accomplish for the marriage to grow, for the marriage to deepen. And it, it requires learning the skills and understanding a rich, having a rich understanding between a husband and wife that allows them to feel safe and secure in the relationship. And if you don't accomplish that, you don't work towards that, then you won't feel comfortable in the marriage. It'll be like a storm. So these areas we discussed are solvable problems for the most part. But you have different ideas about these things, about work, in-laws, money, sex, housework, uh, um, a new child, and how to handle the balance of it, and so on and so forth. And... um, so some of it, as an example, what's a big conflict in our world in marriage is to unplug 
ourselves from distractions? How do you connect and be intimate with one another when we're in the internet age and you're constantly texting and Facebooking and, and Instagramming and, and, and with emails and with texts and with Twitters and with games and Candy Crush and all this stuff, whatever it is, and you need to unplug from those distractions in order to connect. So sometimes, very often, a husband will complain to a wife and vice versa that they're so focused on their social media or the things that they, you know, view every night what on the news or whatever it is online too much and so on and so forth. And there you really need to work on that together to discuss if you worry about how your partner spends too much time attending to emails or other online tasks or they're busy texting, or they're constantly on the on the internet, or because of this, these digital distractions, um, they feel I'm 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 second fiddle to my husband or my wife. The computer is more a priority, and or that when I come into a room and I want to talk to my husband and wife, they hardly notice me because they're they're immersed in their social media on their phone. That creates a lot of tension. And that's why it's important. Sometimes you got to work out times when you do this and work out times where you simply shut it down and you communicate with one another and you basically disengage. You disengage from those distractions. We talked in the past, we're not going to be Meirich over here. Solvable problem is to remove from watching Cholila sexually explicit pornography on the internet uh, or things that are not appropriate. What happens is, with research, we discuss this in separate feedbacks and shiurim on pornography, but we're going to just mention it over here. What happens is, it reduces a couple's sexual enjoyment. It, it ends up with having less frequent sex, not more, less sexual communication, less mutually satisfying sex, and an increased risk of betrayal. Usually porn could sometimes be even step one to a trajectory that leads to sexual fear. It's a gateway to online chatting and encounters with others and fantasies and terrible things. So we're not going to be myrich on that, but that is a concept of things that have to be dealt with in dealing with the solvable solutions. I'm going to talk more about it as a Hashem in future Shiorim. Hatzlochem Bracha.